Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Game football coverage continues now. And a diving catch by Notre Dame. Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Intercepted on the 45-yard line. So Bracy on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He will score. 10-5 touchdown. Benjamin Morrison. 95 yards out. Welcome back to Sportsbeat. We kick off the 6 o'clock hour with Notre Dame football talk featuring Blue and Gold Illustrated's Notre Dame football insider and beat reporter Tyler Horkey joins us every Wednesday at this time to talk Notre Dame football. We are definitely in the dog days of the middle of the Notre Dame football offseason. I know practice is going to be here before you know it, but this is, I guess, kind of the calm before the storm. Yeah, big time. And uh, I was actually, I'm not going to reveal the date because I'm sure that Notre Dame wouldn't want me to do this, but I will say that fall camp is coming a lot sooner than it normally does because Notre Dame is playing week zero. So uh, I, I will gladly take this downtime right now because I know the full swing of things is right around the corner and it's coming quick. So uh, I'll, t- I'll take the downtime, Darren. Absolutely. And I've heard that same date and yeah, it's going to be a little different this year. And I think it's going to be fun for Irish fans. Well, good to be with you as always. I think back to earlier this year, you went through every Wake Forest football game and broke down quarterback Sam Hartman and what he was able to accomplish last year. And now as he prepares to be the starting quarterback for the Fighting Irish, he is going to face five opponents this year from the ACC slate that he has faced the last couple of years. In fact, I kind of broke down the numbers of the five teams from the ACC that he will face this year. He faced them nine times over the last two years. Only Pittsburgh he faced once, but in those nine games, he threw 16 interceptions, including six against NC State, three in 2021, and three in 2022. Having been one of the few Irish fans or media members that watched every one of his throws last year, is this just a random stat? Is it anything to be concerned about? Is it a big deal? Well, it's twofold, I think. Uh, There's a couple parts to this. Obviously, some of these defenses know Sam Hartman because they saw him for not just the last two years that you speak of, but really for five years. You go back to his freshman season – I think he played Notre Dame that year, ironically. Mm -hmm. But he started nine games, and he was Wake Forest's starting quarterback uh, until he went down for the year, pretty late in the year, with an injury. And then, of course, he had to win that starting job again. But the ACC is very aware of who Sam Hartman is, his tendencies, what he likes to do, what he can't do so well. And I think we've talked a lot on this show, and it's been written about other places, including blueandgold.com, he struggles against pressure a little bit, and there are five starts. He started 45 games in his career 
five times he's thrown three or more interceptions. He's facing teams that he went against in four of those instances this year. So that's going to be interesting. You mentioned NC State. Two of those games were against NC State. Uh, I believe one was against Pittsburgh, or maybe two mm-hmm. were, were against Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm blanking on one of the others. Um, yeah, oh, Louisville. Louisville as well. Yes. So, uh, yeah, those teams kind of know what they're doing against Sam Hartman. Now, I say it's twofold because there's another part of this, and I'll make a, a little analogy here. Do you think that Tom Brady was going to be as good as he was against the Jets, a divisional foe, when he was on the Patriots of the 2000s or stick him on the Buffalo Bills of the 2000s? Do you think he's going to be as successful as he was against those guys Mm -mm. or against the Dolphins or or anybody else on the Patriots or any other team that was not as good around him? I think that's what we're going to see with Sam Hartman. You stick him on a Notre Dame team that recruits pretty much top 10 nationally the last few years, especially with Marcus Freeman, I mean, fringe top five, I think. Notre Dame was number seven or eight in the recruiting rankings last I checked. So he's going to have better players around him. Uh, The wide receivers are unproven, but I think they're really talented. The freshmen are going to be good. The offensive line should be really good if they can figure out the guard spots. You have two NFL tackles. (laughs) Sam Hartman did not have NFL tackles at Wake Forest, so that's a plus. You have an NFL running back in Audric Estime. So I think – just the entire operation around him is going to be better, and he's going to be better against those teams from the ACC that we were talking about as a result. I want to talk about Jadarian Price for a second. Running back for Notre Dame, we didn't get to see him last year due to the Achilles. He dazzled us in the blue goal game two springs ago. We all know Audric Estime is the workhorse, the number one running back on this football team, but you're probably going to see three guys at running back in each game this year that's the rotation that Notre Dame uses I'm really intrigued by price and I don't want to get into the comparison game I'm just making a general statement but I really love the way Georgia Tech and Alabama used Jameer Gibbs a guy with electric speed he could run between the tackles run to the outside and was terrific at catching the football and now he's a Detroit Lion and a first round pick again I'm not trying to compare the two but I just wonder if Notre Dame might be able to, later on this year, in the future, make Jadarian Price that type of weapon. I think so, for sure. I think there's a lot of different directions Notre Dame is going to go with, not just Jadarian Price, but the running back core in general. I, I sit here right now, we mentioned Audric Estime a couple of times now already, and we're only, I mean, we're less than 10 minutes into this thing. He's your number one guy. Beyond that, I don't know if Notre Dame knows who's going to be number two, and I think we've talked about this before. It could be Devin Ford, the Penn State transfer. It could be Javon Payne, who was looking really good in the spring. But I think without even having a carry to his name at the college level, Janarian Price could become this team's number two running back sooner than later. Now, if that's the case, that's going to look a lot more, not, not to the full extent, but it's going to be more estimate Logan Diggs than – Darian Price having this special role and, uh, you know, trying to make him Chris Tyree, but as the number two running back. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see him in a more of a traditional role. But if you go back to that blue gold game from 2022, uh, everyone talked about – there's there's Siri going off on me on my uh, on my Apple Watch. Sorry about that. That's but okay. um, <laughs> if you go back to that blue gold <laughs> – it's always something. You go back to that blue gold game in 2022, everyone talks about Darian Price. 
we kind of tend to forget that his rushing statistics weren't that great that day. I think he averaged mm-hmm. a couple yards per carry, but he caught nine or ten passes for over 100 yards. He took one 55 yards or whatever it was to the house and outran a couple Notre Dame defensive backs to get there. So I'm with you in the sense that he might be a little bit different. He might have a Jameer Gibbs gear to him. And if that's the case, then absolutely you have to utilize that because at, at this level of football, you have to exploit mismatches. You have to use your most talented guys in ways that give them a better chance to score, a better chance to succeed. And I do think Jadarian Price is that guy. The one thing that we have to figure out with him is, and it's different for everybody, I mean, Achilles is nothing to mess with. What does he look like coming off of that injury? I've seen some places that Marcus Freeman has said that he is full go right now, which was supposed to be the case. Midsummer was always his timeline. Uh, these things are getting expedited by, by the surgery, it seems like. They, they get back faster and faster, but – he is definitely at the top of the list of guys that I want to see in fall camp, where he's at, and how Notre Dame is going to use him. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football insider, beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Since coming up with the next question, I've seen a graphic put out by the ACC Network, and they have a graphic that states you need one game-winning touchdown drive. Which ACC quarterback are you taking? They list five quarterbacks. Cade Klubnick of Clemson, Riley Leonard of Duke, Drake May of North Carolina, Tyler Van Dyke of Miami, and Jordan Travis from Florida State. All very, very good choices. The question I want to ask you is, which quarterback, I guess from a Notre Dame perspective and, of course, your vision as well, which quarterback do you fear more between these two? Duke's Riley Leonard or NC State's Brennan Armstrong, who's not on that list, and I understand it, Virginia had a new scheme last year, and he had a dreadful year. But the year before, I'll tell you what, he was as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And I think those those two games right there are going to be pretty difficult for Notre Dame, both on the road. Like you say, both really good quarterbacks. I would probably lean Riley Leonard in this just because I think there's a lot of factors with the transfer uh, with Armstrong Obviously, he's back with his old offensive coordinator that he used to have at Virginia, the the one that he put up all those numbers with. But it's a new school for him, uh, a lot of pressure on him to kind of make this last season in college football his very best. And ironically, a lot of that you can say the same of Sam Hartman at Notre Dame as well. But I, I think that Riley Leonard has a lot going for him in the sense that he's entrenched. He had the year. He, he's coming off a year that Armstrong is not. Leonard had the year that kind of put him on the map. You've got to go back a couple years now for that to be the case with Armstrong. So I think Duke is on the rise a little bit. I'm not so sure about NC State. I think they're going to be competitive. I think that is a little bit of a trap game for Notre Dame going there as the first true road game of the season. And and Armstrong is a big part of the reason why. But I don't know. I I think Leonard uh, might be more of a complete package as well. He's a little more athletic than Armstrong. Uh, Not as gimmicky and scheme oriented I think he's just Mm -hmm. a really good really talented quarterback so uh, that's probably the reason that he's on that list that you mentioned and just hearing that list though if I'm a Notre Dame fan I am very very happy that you got Jordan Travis as maybe he was a freshman a couple years ago when Notre Dame or maybe a, a retro sophomore something like that he was young when Notre Dame went and faced him at Florida State a couple seasons ago you got Drake May last year 
as a sophomore. Those are two guys that are landing all over Heisman Trophy list, uh, along with Sam Hartman. Uh, kind of happy if I'm Notre Dame that in addition to, to Klubnik, like you say, with Clemson, and then obviously Caleb Williams with USC, uh, a five-star quarterback in Kyle McCord at uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame should be very happy that a Drake May and a Jordan Travis is not on that schedule as well. It's interesting. Duke went 9-4 and four last year, and I've seen over-under win totals for Duke at 6.5, and, and you look at the schedule, you see why. Teams not on last year's schedule that are on this year's schedule for Duke, Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame. That's how your win total goes down in a hurry. Even though Duke yeah, might be better yeah. overall as a football team, they've got a very difficult schedule this year. Notre Dame defense, who do you think will end up being the face of the 23 defense? I think people will hear that question and laugh in your face if you don't answer with Benjamin Morrison, but <laughs> I'm not so sure – it is going to be Benjamin Morrison because I think quarterbacks are really going to try to stay away from him this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't get six interceptions again. You look at the list of players. Uh, I mean, Kyle Hamilton is on this list. Uh, even Harrison Smith, if you go back over a decade ago, of players who had a lot of interceptions early in their career. I mean, I'm talking half a dozen like, men, like Morrison had last year. That's usually the highest they ever get to in their careers. And, you know, they could be seniors who only get an interception an interception or two because quarterbacks know who they are and they stay away from that guy. So Morrison's going to be good. Is he going to pick off six passes and, and be the story on defense like he was last year? I'm not sure. So if you take him out of the equation, now it's starting to get a little more difficult, though, because you have the three linebackers, the graduates, but do you really think one of those is going to be the face? I mean, two years ago, I would have said Maris Leifau, absolutely. Then he breaks his leg, misses an entire season, didn't have his best year last year, so I don't, I'm not sure he's in that conversation or Bertrand or Kaiser or any of those guys. I might go wild card here and say I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Botello ends up with 10, 11, 12 sacks, kind of mm. has an Isaiah Foskey type of year. So, again, I think Morrison is the safe pick, but if you're looking at the end of the year and you see that he only had two picks, don't be like, oh, he had a terrible year. That's not the case. I think he's going to be a factor. He's going to oppose. He's going to be a menace for opposing quarterbacks. But in the end, a defensive lineman has more of a chance to affect every single game because he's out there, and the one thing he's trying to do every single rep is go get the quarterback. I think Patello is going to be pretty good at doing that this year. So I'm going to go wild card pick and say Jordan Patello. Let's end with this. I had a Twitter question of the day recently. In 10 years, the Fighting Irish will be fill-in-the-blank. And it was a tie vote for first with Notre Dame still being an independent. And the tie was with being a member of the Big Ten Conference. Now, the other choices were the SEC and the ACC. I don't think that is realistic. I think the fans got it right. It's going to be one of the two. And TV deal, it's going to have a lot to do with the fate of Notre Dame. And maybe the ACC not collapsing because they get, what, $15, $20 million from the ACC each year. So, hypothetically speaking, how would you answer that question? Ten years from now, the Irish will be? I would have put um, an answer that says no no conferences exist at all. I, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a guru in this, but, man, it just seems like things go so quickly. And, uh, I mean, Jack Swarbrick, right? The, the guy, the man who's on the way out after a decade and a half as the AD at Notre Dame, I think it was last year around this time, maybe a little earlier in the year, 
where he kind of uh, either he uh, I think it was an interview with Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty or, or maybe it was his own op-ed like he's tended to do, to do recently as well. Basically, he said the destruction of the NCAA is coming, right? And all of these schools are going to try to operate independently. And at that point, the joke will be on everybody else other than Notre Dame because <laughs> Notre Dame's been doing that for over 100 years or whatever it's been, which is kind of cool to say if you're a Notre Dame fan. I think that's why you like to hang on to this as long as you can. But uh, to answer your question, I would have penned in I don't know or, or whatever it is. I've said on your show before, I think it makes the most sense to join the Big Ten monetarily, geographically, logistically. It's just a great fit. I mean, there's probably some academics, exactly. There's probably some very, very casual college football fans out there who know what Notre Dame is, where it is, and they just think, oh, yeah, that's a Big Ten school. I mean, that that probably exists out there. Uh, Hopefully not your listeners. I think they're all very intelligent, people of South Bend, very intelligent, but – uh, that, that's probably a thing. So if you have to pick one of those, I would say Big Ten. And I think that's probably a little more realistic than saying Notre Dame will still be independent. If everyone's independent, then yeah, absolutely. No, Notre Dame won the war. But if Notre Dame's going to be forced, forced to join a conference, I do think it's the Big Ten just for all of those reasons that I mentioned. It makes sense. The SEC doesn't make sense for so many reasons, and maybe one of the least important things is that conference has gotten to be just with Oklahoma and Texas coming. It's going to be unbelievable. They're going to have maybe six or seven teams ranked during the college football season, and it would not shock me if the SEC starts getting four teams into that 12-team field, which is really going to limit those wild-card opportunities for the Fighting Irish. Oh, absolutely. That, that's definitely a thing. And I think the SEC likes that, the, the sure. expansion of the playoff for sure. Because, yeah, it was cool when the SEC was getting two of four, but, but now you're talking maybe four, five, six of 12. And, I mean, that, that is a cash cow waiting to happen. Greg Sankey is loving every minute of what's happened in the last two years. No question. Hey, what's happening at blueandgold.com right now? Yeah, go to blueandgold.com. Uh, you mentioned the dog days of summer at the beginning of this. I- I'm just completely shocked at the amount of content that we're able to still put out there. I mean, Kyle Kelly is killing it with these recruiting scoops and uh, all the camps that he's going to, the intel that he has. Mike Singer has been doing it for years. Obviously, everyone knows him. But even our new guy, Jack Sobel, has just been awesome, and it seems like he's coming up with very interesting angles on Notre Dame football, uh, basketball recruiting, we've got it all covered at blueandgold.com. I think everyone knows that by now, but with the season uh, really almost two months away, right about at two months, uh, it's definitely the place to be if you're a Notre Dame fan going into football season because we cover the, the iris like nobody else. And tomorrow, Tyler, as a Texas Ranger fan, is going to explain what blocking the plate means in White Sox Ranger games <laughs> after what we saw last night. Yeah, I was there, and uh, it's crazy. They really didn't explain it in the building. They just did the review, came back, said he was out, and I was like, you know what? Maybe if he got under the tag, I will agree with that. But then I pop on Twitter after the game, and I see that that was the infraction, quote-unquote infraction, and uh, I kind of lost my mind on the drive home. It was not a pleasant drive home, I'll say that. It's bad enough all the tolls you have to pay between here and guaranteed rate field (laughs) on top of what was – I think one of the worst blown replays we've had in Major League Baseball 
in yeah. some time. They absolutely got it wrong, and the White Sox announcers said they got it wrong, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. All right. Hey, Tyler, yep. enjoyed the conversation. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Darren. Go Rangers tonight. Retribution tonight. There you go. The ball will bounce your way tonight. It has to, I would imagine. The ball knows, <laughs> right? Yeah, ball doesn't lie. Thanks, Darren. All right, thanks, Tyler. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Always enjoy his conversation. Coming up in a moment, Sizzler. It has been red hot in the month of June. How did things go last night? Picks for tonight. That's on the way as Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on for this Wednesday evening on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 